Hello everybody, I'm Kyle Rada, and welcome to my annual tradition where I rank my top 10 albums of the year. If you've listened in the past, you know the deal. This is my list of my favorites. I like to put it out there, give some recommendations for you to listen to. I play some song clips so you can kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about. And if you like anything, I hope you go out and listen to it yourself because this is my way of sharing all the hours of music that's gone into my brain. 2020 is obviously a crazy year and my listening habits have changed. The places I have been have been quite varied. If you don't know, I'm currently in Taiwan. But anyway, let's get to the list. Kicking it off at number 10, I have The Slow Rush by Tame Impala. So Tame Impala have been around for quite a while. This is their fourth album. And this one, The Slow Rush, is the follow-up to kind of their big mainstream breakthrough hit called Currents, which came out uh, way back in 2015. And they used to be kind of more of a psychedelic band. They're from Australia. Kevin Parker is kind of the lead creative force in this band. And his style kind of shifted on... The last album to be more of a slinky dance vibe and that definitely continues on this one Honestly, this album took me a while to kind of get into because when I first listened to it, it was just in my apartment. Um, I was lucky enough back in February when I was in Korea to go to a Tame Impala night at our local bar we used to always go to. Shout out to Pet Sounds in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, But Pet Sounds had a Tame Impala night and they were playing a lot of the tracks from this new album. And... I was vaguely familiar with them, but it was the first time I had it in a context of being with other people and dancing around and being drunk, and it was such a different experience. And that's when I realized listening that, man, these these are bangers. These are actually great songs when they're in the context they're supposed to be. Also, I just want to add, this album has some dope album art. All right, next up, this is an artist that you are probably not familiar with. Pretty indie dude that I just discovered this year. His name is Namdi, N-N-A-M-D-I, and the album is called Brat. So the music Namdi makes is wild. Um, there are some musicians who are kind of 
craftsmen are good at what they do. And there are some artists, um, kind of, I think the same thing about FKA Twigs, where they are artists first, and music is just kind of the medium they use to express themselves. Uh, this guy Namdi definitely fits into that category, where he has a creative vision. It's sonically just really interesting and detailed, and the execution of his vision seems to be more important than anything else. Um, I read an interview with this guy, and he talked about being a perfectionist. And you can totally see he's he's making these really complex production choices, and he's totally unselfconscious about what he's doing. Um, it's really strange. <laughs> to put it bluntly, it's really strange. And he fully commits to it. On the track, Wasted, there's one point where he sings in this high soprano voice, and then he raps, and then he does this like weird altered voice effect, all like one after another. Open up, I listen everywhere, I breathe it and I hug it up, but I can't reach your eyes. They're like, oh, to burn our eyes. All is propped up like the wall. I seem like I'm timid out. You don't got a sugar cook. Make it like a fentanyl. If you listen, there's definitely a strangeness, but it's it's got enough of a of an emotional core that it's not just some whack job making noises. It's it kind of pulls you in. So Namdi, Brat, check it out. All right, number eight on the list. This is one I'm super excited to talk about. One of my very favorite artists, and don't you dare judge me for it, Carly Rae Jepsen. The album she came out with this year is Dedicated Side B. So if you've spent enough time with me, I'm sure you would have heard me bring up Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, I will go to bat all day for Carly Rae Jepsen. And most people obviously know her from Call Me Maybe, which is that annoying single from years and years ago. You just couldn't avoid it for a whole summer. Everybody got sick of it. I never liked it, and I got sick of it. But after that, she matured as an artist and became this great craftsman of pop songs, of really tight, upbeat, fun pop songs. She came out with a really good album called Emotion and followed that up with more songs from those recording sessions. And it was a whole another album's worth of songs called Emotion Side B. Then in 2019, she came out with her album called Dedicated. And this year similarly came out with b-sides from that called dedicated side b and what's amazing is the b-sides in both cases have been just as good or arguably better than the original albums they don't seem to be leftovers this seems to be her strategy to save some of these banger tracks and put them on the b-side album because it's nuts how good these songs are 
What she's really good at is she takes these these tight pop songs, like I said, and adds kind of a 80s nostalgia to it. The level of production is really heavy and slick, but it never feels like too much. My only complaint is that if she were to just choose the best songs and not do this split A-side, B-side album strategy, she could have... <laughs> it sounds like an exaggeration, but like era-defining albums if she were to just choose the best tracks. But because of how she does it, there's always some songs you're going to have to skip. But the highs are so high and so fun that it made the list. All right, I'll stop myself there because I could just talk about Carly Rae forever. So we'll move on to number seven. Uh, This is probably the most controversial choice on this list. But it is called Making a Door Less Open by the band Car Seat Headrest. So this was definitely my most anticipated album this whole year. Car Seat Headrest is one of my favorite bands, but it had been about four years since the frontman Will Toledo had actually put out new material that he'd been working on. And this is a really prolific guy who used to come out with really long albums at least once a year. So my thought was, man, four years, this guy must be coming up with the the best gems to add to this 2020 release. And when it came out, it was uh, almost universally panned by fans and critics. Um, Apparently, the band recorded two versions of this album. One, kind of a more straightforward guitar dynamic. Oh, temptation I could be a part of you And a second recording was a more EDM, electronic, influence style. Then on the mix of the album, they kind of took elements of both and combined them into songs and decided which worked best in which context. What kind of salvaged it for me, because at first I was super disappointed as well. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, What salvaged it for me is 
I went on their Reddit page, and a lot of their fans were taking it upon themselves to actually go into the audio files and remix the songs themselves and edit parts out, make parts longer, make different vocal elements louder or softer. So I kind of piecemealed together my own version of making a door less open, which I think is incredible. Um, If you listen to it on Spotify right now, you won't have the same experience. You may like it, you may not. But what I am rating at number seven on my list is my mix of making a door less open. Uh, If you're interested in that, I can share it with you. Just hit me up. All right, number six, a much more easily digestible album. This one is called Color Theory by the artist Soccer Mommy. So this one came out earlier in the year. Um, it actually kind of became the soundtrack of my my early spring lockdown when I returned to the States. It kind of fit that mood. It wasn't written in or about quarantine or lockdowns, but it has this just easy, ethereal quality to it that just made it one that I could just listen to over and over again. Just a little kid. A lot of reviews that I've read about this keep referring to it as kind of a nostalgic 90s throwback. Um, I think she was quoted at some point of saying that Sheryl Crow was one of her influences. And you can definitely hear that. It's not super groundbreaking. It's not trying to be groundbreaking. It's kind of just taking this core singer-songwriter guitar rock that you've heard a million times but putting in kind of a fresh spin on it and just doing it really well. <laughs> like she she honestly just learns from the other people doing it and just improves on the formula. So again, it's Color Theory by Soccer Mommy. Terrible artist name, <laughs> Soccer Mommy. Just ignore that and listen to it anyway. All right, next on the list, sliding into the top five, this is a band called Sorry with their debut full-length album, So Sorry, another unfortunate artist name, if for no other reason than just search engine optimization. <laughs> uh, good luck finding them on Google. Uh, but these these guys are super interesting. Uh, the core of the band are these two childhood best friends who now are 23 years old. And they were for a while releasing these very strange 
videos, like long form videos with their songs, kind of like a video EP on YouTube. And they're super weird. They're like art kids just trying super experimental stuff. Like it kind of looks like 90s skateboard videos. <laughs> uh, but with this this album, 925, they took a lot of their songs, a lot of their best material from those videos and remade them with much higher production. And the thing that surprises me about this album is just how much swagger they seem to have. They're fully confident in what they're doing, even though what they're doing doesn't have a lot of comparisons. I guess I would describe their music as kind of a poppy garage rock, but then they throw in these really strange elements of jazz that make it real quirky. Um, it's a very Kyle Rada kind of band. Um, it hits a lot of the weird stuff that I like. All right, we're getting into the heavy hitters. Number four, one of my favorite artists, Sufjan Stevens came out with the album called The Ascension. I have lost my patience. Make me an offer. So Sufjan Stevens is an indie darling. Everybody in the indie music world loves this guy for good reason. He's been around for more than 20 years. Super consistent, really creative guy. This album, The Ascension, is a follow-up to 2015's Carrie and Lowell album, which was a really kind of sparse, emotional personal album about the loss of his mom. Uh, Really heavy, really good, but really heavy. This was an interesting follow-up to that. It's more of a direct trajectory from 2010's classic, The Age of Ads, and uses a lot of the same highly produced sonic chaos as that album did. I think the biggest difference between this album, The Ascension, and 2010's Age of Ads is that he has a really strong, kind of moody, cynical baseline to what he's doing in this album that's kind of juxtaposed against this showy, chaotic instrumental. Like, if you listen to the lyrics, he's going through some stuff and he's kind of pissed. Um, But overall, it's up there with a lot of Sufjan Stevens' work. 
And he only comes out with a kind of a true album once every five years has been the trend. And this one didn't disappoint. It's a step forward and also kind of takes elements from some of the best work he's done in the past. So check back in 2025 for my review of his next one. All right, into the top three. Quite fittingly, I have Haim with the album Women in Music, Part 3. Face to face, all the problems on the surface Is it worth this? I don't think it's too late I don't wanna Now, before this year, I totally did not get Haim and did not get the hype around them. They were always a band that critics and music algorithms told me that I should like. And every time I listened, I was just like rolling my eyes. A big part of that, I think, is um, if you don't know, they are a band comprised of three sisters. And if you watch their videos and any publicity for the band, it's so played up. It's like, oh, they're inseparable. Oh, look how cute they are. And I just was always so annoyed by it. So I actually did a pretty good job avoiding them until this year. And then their new album came out and people said good things. So I listened. And I have to admit, it's pretty great. <laughs> Every time I think that I've been taking the steps. So Danielle Haim is the middle sister, and she's the lead singer of the band. And she doesn't have a typical voice. Um, it's, it's kind of low, and that's paired with these big, fun guitar hooks that combine to make music that's somewhere kind of in between pop and rock. They seem like they've really dialed in what they're doing on this album, and... They're kind of filling a void in the music world right now that's just pretty fun and real and authentic. I do still stand by that their interviews as a threesome can be pretty cringy. (laughs) Um, But I'm impressed, actually, with their musicianship. All right, getting close to the end here. Number two, the artist is Grimes. And the album this year, Miss Anthropocene. If you aren't familiar with Grimes, She makes these weird electronic-influenced pop songs. A lot of people are more familiar with Grimes as being Elon Musk's romantic partner. 
And they just had a baby this year that has some alien sounding name of like AXE9 something. I have no idea. Something unpronounceable. Um, so that's all to say that she's a nut job. <laughs> she is crazy um, in the best kind of way. She's famously independent in making her music and has full creative control in the production and the songwriting and the singing. She kind of broke through just literally making music in her bedroom. She was one of those people. And now she has the full studio budget um, and still making the music she wants to make, kind of uncompromisingly. Apparently the story, it's like a concept album about some sort of she-devil named Misanthropocene whose goal is to ruin the world with climate change. And this is supposed to be an album to show how close to destruction we are and to mobilize people into taking more climate action, (laughs) which I'm all for. I'm with you, Grimes. Um, but I didn't follow the story. I was confused. But that does, it doesn't matter because the music is super good. As always, there's a lot of electronic influence and computer programming that goes into the production. But then we also even get this acoustic song thrown in there, which fucking rips. So yeah, I'm a huge Grimes fan. This is her best work to date. Start to finish, fantastic album. Can't recommend this one enough. All right, we've made it to the end. Kyle Rada's number one album this year. The artist is The Microphones, and the album is The Microphones in 2020. So this was one of the most creative and ambitious projects that came out this year. The concept is a one-song album that's about 44 minutes long, I think. And what it does is both tell an autobiographical history of the artist and also be this deep, introspective look at kind of the passage of time and the experiences that make you and also how much we forget along the way. I woke up early before dawn to start recording The things I wanted to communicate had to do with finding how to break out from seeing only the inside of reflected ocean on the sky It was early 2001 I was almost 23 So one of the things that's so impressive to me about this album is it basically just takes these 
two repeating guitar chords that come and go throughout the whole song and use that as this backbone to build these crazy sonic structures around. The first like seven minutes are just this repeating instrumental and it just kind of lulls you into this comforting headspace. Then it's somehow able to keep using these chords throughout the whole 44 minutes without it ever feeling old. So to give some context and some background, um, the project name of the microphones is what the artist Phil Elverum named himself way back in the day. Um, you may be familiar with the microphones from like 20 years ago. At some point, as chronicled in this album, he changed his professional name to Mount Erie. So if you've heard of the microphones or Mount Erie, same guy. And this is the first time in uh, over a decade that he's released anything under the name The Microphones, hence The Microphones in 2020. I'm honestly not a lyric person at all. I usually don't even listen to lyrics when I listen to music. But the lyrical content of this really drew me in. Along with talking about his personal story, he throws in a lot of philosophy, kind of what he as a middle-aged man has learned and has seen. And it really made me think in a way that no other piece of music this year has done. Devouring every word in a zine There was barely internet Meaning gets attributed wherever appetite bestows a thing With resonating glowing I carry with me still the things I survive return repeatedly and I find again that I am a newborn every time to me by far the best way to consume this project microphones in 2020 is the YouTube video that Phil Elverum put out to go along with it um it's really cool because what he does is he takes all these old photos of himself and family photos and places he's been to and lived. And it's like a physical slideshow where he has printed out uh, printed out photos. And as you're listening to the music and as the lyrics are on the bottom to read, he's also putting down every five seconds or so a new photo that kind of give context to what he's talking about. It's kind of a time investment because it's 44 minutes and to fully appreciate it, you really need to watch and kind of be intently focused on what's happening. Um, but it's so rewarding. Every time 
I watch it or listen to it. I pick up new things. And it stays with me for so long. The bummer is, if you want to check this out, is that it's not on Spotify. Because Spotify is evil. (laughs) And he chose, probably because it's one long song and you get paid, I think, per listen. uh, It wouldn't even make sense for him to put it on Spotify. So you can buy it on Bandcamp and you can watch it on YouTube. But I highly recommend it. Microphones in 2020. So, that's the list. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you check these out for real. And if you ever want to talk music or want more recommendations, let me know. I love sharing this stuff and I get really stoked on it. But yeah, 2020. That's it. I'll see you again next year. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mm -hmm.